Mike Ness, what kind of cancer does he have? Fucking tonsil cancer, dude. I've never heard, I mean, obviously there's cancer for everything, but I can honestly say I've never heard of anybody having tonsil cancer. Uh, I believe it said it was stage one. That's all the information I know. Uh, they were in the middle of recording a new album. Social so D stopped. was or Mike yeah. himself? Social D, which is pretty much just Mike and whoever he's with at the time, you know? Right. Now, I mean, I think Johnny Cubags is always with him, but maybe not. Fuck if I know. Anyway, fucking cancer. That's a bitch, dude. Mike's got to be, like, what, in his 50s? Oh, at least. I would okay, like, in, in the late 70s, early 80s, he was, like, in his teens, early 20s, plus 30 years. He's almost 60, I would imagine. You could probably just look that up and find out. But not old enough to have fucking cancer. And then, like I said, I don't know how that would work, but if they have to cut out his tonsils, I don't know if that's going to affect his voice, obviously. 61. Yeah, he's, he's 61 years old, so. Um, I would imagine that would fuck with your vocals, but I don't, I don't know how much the tonsils really do for your vocal, like singing-wise. Right. Well, think of it this way. Freddie Mercury did not want to get his teeth fixed because he was afraid of his fucking... So who knows? You know, I would imagine it's going to have something to do with it a little bit. Yeah, because... Uh, it would change the way you enunciate words if you had different teeth, maybe? Maybe, um, yeah, I'm not sure. But did he ever get his teeth fixed? No, because of that. He probably should have. He had weird teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know, right? Yeah, so uh, I'll be thinking about Mr. Ness and uh, my thought. Yeah, hopefully everything goes well with all that. Yeah, I mean, if, like, stage one, they caught it early, yeah. which is a good sign, so... There was also... Uh, and this was from his mouth, uh, rumors of him doing a book called Story of My Life, of, you know, but I, <laughs> I kind of want, yeah, I want that to fucking come out. I mean, I, I guess, though, like, if you have the opportunity, since he does, like, what better title for oh, a book? Oh, fuck yeah, dude. You <laughs> knew it was going to be that. Yeah. Like, for sure. I don't know. You got any other uh, heartbreaking news? Heartbreaking? No, not really. No, that's good. Um... There was a wrestler that died, like, yesterday or the day before, the guy, Bray Wyatt. He was, like, the fiend. He was pretty dope. Oh, shit. And, you know, probably don't, like, really watch wrestling, but... Yeah, I, I haven't seen anything since, like, DX. Yeah. Um, I was, like, on the same boat till my kids started getting gotcha. into it, and then I'm like, fuck, sweet, I'll watch wrestling. I haven't watched it since I was a kid, and he was showing me some of the new guys. And this guy, the fiend, he would dress up in like a crazy clown mask. And he had like dreadlocks and like a smoking lantern. And he came out like scary as fuck. Scary as fuck and did all these weird, crazy like movements. Uh, like the ring would be all black and then like the lights would hit and he'd be in the fucking in the ring already. Oh, and, like, right on. Standing on the posts like all sketchy. He just looked dope. But he was only like 36 and he died of a heart attack. I'm guessing have, he did coke. Yeah, but have. There's been a lot of that going on lately. Because of Young, the COVID vaccine? I, I'm not saying that. I'm just... Or allegedly? Yeah. the um, A lot of young people having strokes and heart attacks. I mean, what else explains it? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, aside from drugs, I don't really... Or these like are all, a these are all pre-existing the condition right, or something. They did not know. have any as far as uh, Mr. John Joseph. I follow him. As everybody else out there should, he's a pretty smart fucking dude. Oh, yeah, he's always got some shit going on on his and, Instagram. Yeah, 
and uh oh and he has that picture of a half rottweiler half pit bull that's a very cute dog man you know so anybody out there that happens to be mating those let me know <laughs> they're probably expensive as fuck yeah i don't know how you could even he just he was like a pit bull with a rottweiler fucking markings man it's pretty funny right New releases and stuff, uh, like the new Dying Fetus comes out next week. Yeah, we'll feature that shit. We'll tell you all about it. Yeah, we'll be doing our own take on it. Since we had early access to the album, we're going to put out an episode when they put out the album. Give you a little Dying Fetus history lesson. From the singles that I heard so far, I mean, it sounds like like Dying Fetus. Pretty on par with the last record, I think, sound-wise, which is in no way a bad thing. I loved the last record, thought it was great. Uh, I really like the artwork and shit. Aside from that, I'm not going to say anything because we'll save it for the podcast episode itself. But I just want to say I also like the cover. <laughs> Anybody so can cool, see that. Dude. Yeah, like, it's like totally fucking... I was looking at the shirts on Relapse when yeah. I was ordering for the store, and I'm like, man, I should order some of those shirts. Fucking those long fucking sleeves are dope. Yeah, dude, for sure. But anyway, continuing on where we left off last week with Metal 81, or 80 to 81, sorry. Now we're in 1982. We 82 to 83 this week, which, like we said, gets a bit better than the previous however it's still it's not where i want to be i want to be in 84 85 yeah dude i want to get to the year of my birth that's where like to me i mean there's don't get me wrong there's a lot of good shit on these these four years right here but to me that's where like extreme metal really picks up yeah um kind of like uh going into this if we were not to talk about albums but if we were just saying like bands in general you see, like, 1983 is a big fucking year for, like, the next two years, You all the bands that are developing or have started, you know what I mean, in 1983, and oh, then put, yeah, put yeah, shit out. Because sure. I'm like, oh, my, can't put that on the list, can't put because I didn't have any music out. Yep. You know, it wasn't like now where you can just fucking record on a computer and send it out into the world, like, instantaneously. Yep. People aren't just like, oh, yeah, fuck it, we can make a demo, no problem. It's like going to a studio and all that shit for that. I mean, it's crazy. 83, like Morbid Angel Forms, Bathory, yeah. uh, Vader, Rigor Mortis, Megadeth, uh, Necrophagia. There's just so Yeah, there's much a huge shit. fucking list. I think Sodom was in 83. It might have been 84. No, actually, Sodom was 82 that they formed, but they didn't release till I think, 84, 85. Oh, okay. But, yeah, there's a ton of good shit that forms in 83, which leads to albums coming out in 84, 85. But while we're... I think we got to go back one year, though, talk about 82, because that is my fault, talking about 83 first, but... Oh, yeah, we got to go back to 82. But what you were saying was a good point, though, because, I mean, in 82, there was a lot of good bands, too, that formed. There was Dio, there was... Um, I think Merciful Fate was somewhere around there. Merciful Might have been Fate 81 or something. Yeah. Uh, Hellhammer, Voivod. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, there's a whole bunch of them. I want to say Pantera was somewhere around there also. Yeah, the... Um, 81, not, 82. I yeah, not the Pantera which. that... No, this is Glamtera. Yeah, Glamtera. But starting off on 82... 
Uh, Jeremy, you said you didn't really make a list. Because it's like all the top ones that are there, that's pretty much what what it's going to be. Yeah, yeah, kind of. I guess I'll start off with Anvil's Metal on Metal. Okay. We had we had Anvil on the last episode too, talking yeah, about their but their, this is the Anvil album to have metal yeah, on metal. Yep, I like the first one too, but this one and then the next one, um, the fuck's the name of it? Forge and Fire. Those two that follow are speed metal fucking classics. They're awesome, and you'll notice a lot in eighty two, eighty three is when that like high falsetto. singing started like in the thrash metal and speed metal stuff when i was listening to all these bands going back thinking of the list seeing what i would put on my list i'm like listening to grim reaper and uh exciter and shit like that and they let out a lot of those huge like falsetto big ass like screams yep that i really think led into like when we get into the 84 85 where like Chuck from Death yeah, had yeah. a really like screechy scream, but it was obviously more heavy heavy than what was before. But I think that those bands had a big effect on that sound. On that, I think on that screechiness. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, uh, one of the big ones in '82, obviously, I'm wearing the fucking shirt, is a uh, Maiden's Number of the Beast, tying into your fucking crazy vocals, and that was the first album with with Bruce. Bruce. Yeah. yeah. And and um, I think that really like set the tone for the sound that everybody knows Iron Maiden as. Oh, definitely. That's like considered the classic song album. And uh, when I was doing a little research, I just wanted to make sure. I, okay, yeah. And when this album was released, Run for the Hills went right up the charts in the UK, and uh, it probably bombed in America. And it knocked out Barbara Streisand as the number one album in the UK, dude. Number oh, of the wow, beast. that's... It's fucking huge. Just to get a perspective on, like, how big that band yeah. got. I mean, could you... I couldn't even imagine... Well, what's the... Like, okay, Metallica, I guess, would be a big hard rock act right now. Yeah. And look, they had to team up with Lady Gaga to try to fuck... They, they know they can't take her out. You know what I'm saying? Or just... I don't think... Uh, metal will ever reach that height you know again it'd be nice but i don't know yeah it would be like what if what if like this new dying fetus put taylor swift off the billboards that, that would be yeah like that would be like i don't think it would obviously it wouldn't happen it couldn't Earth happen would fucking split dude it Demons couldn't happen rise just based hell. on their name they would be like we can't put that on the billboard chart yeah i would I assume know. that there would be a red flag just on that Okay, but, but let's say Iron they, Maiden, Barbara yeah, Streisand. Yeah, that's. I mean, I'm just saying like current stars, but no, I know. I'm just like I'm pretty sure Iron Maiden was like and putting that is, Devil I on never, the cover back then was like yeah. pretty um risque. Oh yeah, for sure. And to talk about the number of the beasts yeah, in general yeah. because of all the satanic panic shit and all that. I, like, yeah, I think this is what really put that over put it the edge. Into overdrive. Yeah, yeah, they were starting to get it, and then. The funny thing is about that song, in case anybody doesn't know Iron Maiden out there, is they're talking about seeing a fucking Satanist group, not being in it. Well, a lot of those bands back then were. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, they didn't... Fucking Tom Araya from Slayer's Catholic, dude. Well, right. But, I mean, 
I, ju- I just it blows me away sometimes. But it is definitely a classic album. It is not my favorite Iron Maiden record, but it is probably the best well known. Oh yeah, it's definitely the best known. And it's hard to pinpoint this because Iron Maiden has countless amount of awesome album covers. Uh-huh. I mean, they have 17 different ones, and that's not including all the different UK singles like Aces High and shit that they did all the different yeah. covers for that were fucking awesome on their own. It's hard to say, but Number of the Beast is like one of the coolest album artworks that they have. Yeah, yeah, definitely. When um some of those little fucking pop heads I have, three maiden ones and the little number that beast one's pretty fucking cool because it has it has like the little devil and everything in it yeah my kids got it so yeah it's pretty impressive as far as uh that shit goes it's crazy to see that come out of uh a company like funko that's pressing up like eeyores and shit i know i know they're pressing up little devils and stuff that would have never happened at this time we can get into a whole nother conspiracy on that but we won't but i just yeah well, definitely, um, I'm going to put a couple of Maiden tracks on there from that album. I was holding that record the other day. Yeah. Because it came in in a collection, and it's just so cool, dude. Oh, like, I pulled To look at out. it, like, even if you've heard it, like, a thousand times, like, you just look at it, and you're like, It's so fun to look at. fucking awesome. Yep. And you see, like, all the little burning bodies and shit. Yep. Yeah, and I that... pulled mine out, and I'll probably... I'll post mine. I got a, I got Steve's old copy actually. We just have an, another original one come in. Is it a Wally? Yep. Yeah, I got a Wally too. But Steve took it back for his collection, oh. which I knew he would do. Cause so I didn't even try. Cause it's I don't. I don't guy. have that record. Like I have, I have an original Peace of Mind. I have an original Power Slave. Um, an original Killers, and I think my Seventh Son's like a repop, and the first album's a repop. And then I have, like, some mid-represses of a couple other ones, but I was like, fuck, dude, it would be sweet to get My an original Number of the Beast. But it's a early reissue, you know? Yeah. I have a German Killers that oh, that's cool. came in here, like, last year sometime. Fucking dead mint. I pulled out another My Iron Maiden poster, too, because I wasn't sure if that came out in 84 or 82, and I had to ask... Nikolai, my kid, to fucking look because too much staring into the fucking... Yeah, well, it's on the poster in in real small lettering. It's like, you know, 1980-something, and then it says, like, Harvest, blah, blah, blah. You know... it's 84. About the little little marking that the artist puts in all the artwork. Well, explain it to the audience out there. It's like a... I don't know what to call the sign... It's like a watermark. A, a watermark. It's not a watermark though. It's like his symbol. Like you know how there's like the male and female symbol with the yep. circle and fucking arrow or whatever. Yeah. It's like a symbol like that, but it's not a male or female symbol. It's, it's like an adaptation prince. of. But it, yeah, it's Prince. But if you look in all the Maiden album covers, you can find that symbol in every single one of them. It's kind of like a Where's Waldo type of thing. Fuck yeah, dude. That's badass. Uh, Merciful Fate, Nuns Have No Fun came out in 82, which was their debut. And I think, do you know if the black and white cover with the nuns hanging on the cross, is that the original cover or was that adapted down the road? I thought that was the original cover That's and they what were I made, to, made to switch it. 
Okay, and then they switched it yeah. after. That's what I thought, but I wasn't a hundred percent sure if it went the other way around. To be to be completely honest, I'm not a hundred percent. I'm like ninety five percent. I'm pretty sure you're right. Because it and it also doesn't make sense the other way. Yeah, it wouldn't. But but at the same time, they could have been like, "Well, right. we wanted to do this cover at the time, but we couldn't," and then did it later, right. where they were like, "Oh, we're gonna do the band cover that we never got to do," or you know. Yeah, I've seen that happen before. And I do, I do love King Diamond's um, little sayings and slogans on the back of the albums too, about not doing drugs. Uh, Motorhead Iron Fist came yeah. out in '82, which was that's probably. If not my favorite, it's definitely top three of my favorite Motorhead records. Yeah, that is that is probably my favorite Motorhead record. It's either like that or Bomber. I love them both. But uh, Iron Fist is a fucking solid album all the way through. And definitely was fast. Like, <laughs> oh, compared yeah. to like some it, of this other shit at the it's time. It's probably like, the closest. Like, this would be pretty close to Motorhead being like metal, if you will. Yeah, in the sense of not calling them just a rock band. Right. Yeah, Speed Freak's on there. Go to Hell's on there. Loser. There's so many fucking tight-ass songs. But Iron, the title track, though, it just opens up with that fucking fast-ass Iron Fist song. Yeah. Plus the album cover itself yeah, the cover is just is awesome. Big-ass fist. But yeah, Speed Freak, I mean, I think that sets like the tone for the record. That's to me like the whole album's like fucking yeah. speed freak. Like it's fast, it's heavy, it's not thrashy. But if you take tempo of thrashy, it's like it's there. Oh, definitely, definitely. And there's a ton of cool killer riffs on there, obviously. And I think it's hard. And this was in Lemmy's book when I read it too, okay. where he was like, you know, people never let us live down Aces Fades. Like that. That was our obviously our biggest song, uh -huh. our biggest album. But he's like, you know, some of our best music of our career was, like, after Ace of Space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said that for the longest time, they always struggled because once that came out, like, that was it. Like, it was like their... Uh, back in Black. Yeah, like their Back in Black or their, like, Master of Puppets. Uh, or yeah, yeah, it's totally, you know, I like totally they just, get it. They just stuck there and they were like, Iron Fist didn't do as well because I had fucking Ace of Spades outshined it. And it... As far as, like, media and, like, the oh, mass population yeah, yeah. being, like, oh, Motorhead, yeah, we love that. It just kind of tells you, like, I don't want to say how stupid people are, but, like, how many people, li like, listen to music but not hear it. Yeah, and they just get stuck in that Yeah, one. and they're like, oh, yeah, man. Like you said, dude, to me, Iron Fist is... Yeah. Ace of Spades is a great album, but I don't, it's, it's not even far from their three. best. Yeah. Like, Bastards in the 90s was good. Sacrifice in the 90s was good. Overnight Sensation had a terrible album cover, but it was a great record. <laughs> like, I mean, it's just a bad album cover. It's yeah, just you them can't three. That. Like, but that is what it is, you know? They were fucking, like, 10, 12 records in at that point. They could do whatever they want. And they could do no fucking wrong. All right. You want me to give you another pretty big one in 82? Um, I'm guessing it's Ozzy. Nope. Oh. Venom's Black Metal. Oh, uh, that's the one I was saving. Oh, you were saving it. <laughs> go ahead. Well, we can save it, but... No, go ahead. You already spilled the beans. It's all... It, there's just nothing really needs to be said aside from, like, it's... Well, one, metal. it made the... It set the, um, the term. Black the term metal. Black Metal. Yeah. 
that's where it, that's I mean where you can argue back and forth like who the fuck started black metal some people say screaming Jay Hawkins I don't fucking think so I see the lyrically like the, the you know that's there the haunting screaming like, Jay is spell. sweaty and New Orleans voodoo yeah but and it was like black metal like is spooky, cold yeah yeah, like yeah spooky no, blues almost yeah yeah, yeah. It's fucking. But I've seen people like in argue the that YouTube point. world be like, "He was the first to do it." I'm like, you can't say that every guy that said one dark thing on a record was the first to do it. Venom, like Venom, black metal. That is the first use of the term black metal, as far as I'm concerned. And it's widely considered to be so. I've read multiple black metal books, and they cite either that or like. Hellhammer. Yep, yep. So I don't I can't say anything about it aside from like it's a great fucking record. It's a part of their unholy trinity, which and I think this is my favorite of the three. Even just I like that they they were kinda in the first era of people to start dressing up with like swords and shit. Right. Yeah. I'm just looking for the uh yeah, the Hell and Back was track two. Leave Me in Hell was track six. Hell, Heaven's on Fire. They're, and they're fucking... The lyrics are all fucking Satanist and hilarious. Like, Didn't Kiss do a Heaven's on Fire yep. song first? <laughs> yep. It was way different. Yeah, it's not the same. And then um, the name of... And I noticed they do this too, but the name of the next album is the last track. Of the last track's name on black metal but it opens up with black metal and um yeah that that song it set the tone man the name of the last track on black metal yeah at war with the... satan oh yeah that's yeah, the yeah. third one i never noticed that it's like their own fibonacci sequence yeah almost. dude it's fucking weird but it's yeah do they do that on all if you have like what 38 minutes 39 minutes couldn't spend it any better than listening to this fucking album, man. And I had it on CD, like a CD version that has um, a bunch of live cuts on it, which is uh, pretty cool, you know. Yeah, they don't they don't continue it later on. I was just seeing if like it was a whole pattern. Through oh the whole yeah. Thing. I was like, man, that'd be fucking sweet if yeah. they did it for every record. That was probably an accident, and we're like trying to find something in it. Yeah, I mean, somebody's got to do it. I want to believe. Yeah. The Man of War's Battle Hymns, which was their debut, came out in 82. And I know we, we talked a little bit about Man of War and how you didn't really care for him. I just didn't. But um, I will say, first Viking metal band. Ah, okay. They, I mean, like a lot of people will say Bathory because they had like Hammerheart. And, right. Um, Twilight of the Thunder God and all that shit. And like, yeah, I think that obviously they need to be cited too in the start of the category but man of war as far as i'm concerned did it first they With were their the lyrical first, content oh yeah it was all about valhalla and they album covers were dressed up like that every record was about some type of uh, like norse mythology type yeah, of yeah. thing and they're not a band that i like listen to very often but i've always had like a soft spot for and then right. i was listening to them in the last like few weeks as we're doing this and i'm like man fucking man of war is like sweet yeah it's i don't know cool why they don't get a lot fucking, of hold, like they don't get a lot of credit you go back to a band after so long and you're like damn this band is pretty fucking good yeah they don't get a whole lot of credit though like you would think in that 
People love the 80s in yeah. metal. Like, people never endlessly stop talking about Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer, Anthrax, fucking all that. Like, I found one on here that I also, I never hear mentioned that I think is fucking great and I never really got into before. I just kind of dismissed as whatever. What is it? Tank. Oh, yeah. Tank's awesome. Yeah, dude. I fucking checked that out. It's like, uh, what was the name of the album? Um, Hounds of Hades. Oh, the Filth, Filth Hounds, Hounds of Hades. Hades. Yeah. yeah, that's that album came out in '82, and yep. I was impressed, man. I thought I I don't know exactly like you said. I don't know why that doesn't get more credit. That sounds way more evil metal than like fucking Scorpions or Accept. You know, yeah. I think like amongst the because there are people in that era in the '80s. Like I know these people personally that just never left the '80s. Yeah, like, yeah. They'll be like, yeah, you know, I like. Uh, couple lamb of god songs and some kill switch engage songs whatever like they like a handful of like newer things but they're like bread and butters the 80s and i know a guy who has he buys cds here but he's always looking for like obscure rare shit because he's got everything yeah i believe i know who you're talking about 80 to 90 like he's got literally everything except like super rare hard to find shit and he's talked about tank like a ton of times and like oh, people right people that are in his circle circle love him like their tanks fucking awesome um and then like bands like uh like axe witch and like just shit that like isn't in the mainstream like they were yeah, they were all up another band too yeah axe they're savvy to it but like the main public is just it's the big four yeah yeah definitely, that, definitely. or like you know you get iron maiden in there and judas priest in there and Ozzy Solo stuff and Sabbath and whatever, but there's no variation of into like even Anvil. Like there should be way more credit oh, than I, what they are. Yeah, like we said on the last episode, I don't think if if it wasn't for that documentary, I don't even know if they would be elevated to where they are now on these lists. Yeah, probably not. To you be know? honest with which, you, yeah, which is you know it's a popularity contest. Speaking of Judas Priest, Screaming for Vengeance was another one in '82, which is my personal favorite. I was just Judas Priest say, album. Yep, that is the most metal. I don't know. It's like the fastest one. Yeah, it's just so. I mean, like Electric Eyes on there and shit, and just the the guitar tone in that album, I think, is what does it for me, and the drumming. Yeah, it's like. One of the early on, like, starting to incorporate double kickers and, like, just crazy, like, not blast beats quite, but, like, you can tell that they're amping up to get there. Right, right. Um, I don't know if Judas Priest ever actually did blast beats, but not that I know not of, that at I, least. Yeah. I mean, Painkiller's got some crazy drumming in it, but there's no, like, actual, like, blasting. But they, I think, were definitely heavily influential on that, like, front-forward drum sound. Definitely. Yeah, it was their um, eighth album. I mean, that's fucking... They, they have already Which eight is crazy, because... Yeah. Like, but, I mean, that goes to show, like, how far back they started, though. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's considered their commercial breakthrough, you know? It's double platinum here, platinum in the U.S., or in the U.S., in Canada. Yep. I don't know. It's kind of it's Judas Priest, man. We're talking about metal in the '80s, new wave of British what did heavy you, metal. Did you ever listen to the? I think it was 2018. Firepower. Yeah, I fucking love it. Okay, cool. Because 
the first time I heard it, I was like, this is amazing yeah. for how late it it's is in their career. Fucking awesome, dude. Yeah, the tone on that is sick. Yeah. The the mix, the mastering. Yeah, I was so fucking pumped. Um, how did I get that? Honestly, I'm wondering if somebody didn't like it. Like we some had, old guy didn't like it and I bought it or something. We had a few of them here when they came out. It might have been a trade-in or something if you yeah. bought it here. I don't know if I got it here at the fucking... Record show? Yeah. <laughs> Either way. Too heavy for the, the other dude. But no, it is. That's, that's what surprised me, too, was like they really kept up. It's like they kept up with the times without not sounding like Judas Priest. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yep. It was just like updated mix, but it was all new songs. I love that album, dude. Yeah, I think it's great. So are we counting Speak of the Devil as an album, or is it just not? You can talk about it, because it is a live album, but um, it's fucking sick. Yeah, I mean, it's got War Pigs, Paranoid, Snowblind. Um, I think Fairies Wear Boots is on there. Arguably the best live Ozzy album. It's got pretty much every essential Sabbath track yeah. that you would want to hear, and like some Ozzy tracks as well. Yeah, that's pretty much a, if you're an Ozzy or Sabbath fan, that's a fucking must-own. And I it's just, hard to find an old to, one clean, too. Oh, fuck yeah, it is. I've had one forever, and it's fucking tanked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just but, went through and looked at it the other day, and yeah. I'm like, I wonder if any of my Ozzy stuff's playable, because I, I have, like, three or four. My Blizzard of Oz is tolerable. It's not bad. Uh-huh. The other one's shit. My fucking... And I know I got the a, moon is nice, I gotta but I got grab it from here. soon, because once he passes, they're going to be impossible to get. Yeah, mine are original too. But they're already fucking expensive. Like we are got they? Diary in here the other day, Bark at the Moon, and I think Speak of the Devil too, actually. And they were like I think Blizzard was sixty. Holy shit. The other one was sixty, and then I wanna say Speak of the Devil was thirty. Or it was flip flop or diary was thirty, Speak and Blizzard were sixty apiece. Is Speak still out there? Yeah. I think so. And it, they were all like, that. they were clean too. Oh, like I, I remember seeing a, the video. Yeah, 60 was a fair price. And, and like, according to Discogs, you could go higher, but I'm like, fuck, dude, that's 60 bucks for an Ozzy album. You used to be able to get them for like 12. I know, it's so fucking insane, man. But on to 83. And while we're talking about Ozzy and Sabbath, uh, Black Sabbath Born Again was 83, which that's not Ozzy, but. Still Black Sabbath. Yep. And I love I like I that record cover. a lot, dude. The cover's cool. It's uh it's just weird for it's almost like as weird as technical ecstasy as far as fucking Black the, Sabbath goes. It's the Gerber baby, but yeah, but yeah, with yeah. double horns. Yeah. But that was the one that Ian Gillen was on. Which I like him as a singer. Like to me, I mean I love Deep Purple and shit, so I that's, thought it was that's a, what's cool about Black Sabbath, and I don't think people ever mention that. It, they always just or think, appreciate it. Yeah, they just think it's Ozzy or fucking Ronnie. Yeah, yeah, and fuck Tony Iommi had a, uh-huh. a Sabbath album, and it wasn't amazing, but it wasn't terrible either. And I think it's cool that that shows how versatile of a band they are. Though. Yeah, like everybody knows most their shit. bands. If you took any other band that had a singer as identifiable as Ozzy and changed the band, it would never in a million years work, ever. Yeah, it's definitely, that's like a, what do you, an enigma that that band has been able to switch singers so many times and yeah, and continue to had, sell records. They like, had multiple successful Dio albums. 
And even Born Again wasn't, I mean, it wasn't a huge hit, but it didn't do bad either. And it's still like, if we have it here, it sells every single time. Yeah. And when we say like, you know, they're like, oh, it fucking commercially tanked. They still sold like 500, Commercially tanking for Black Sabbath at the time, though, was still like half a million records or something, just based off the name. So... I mean, if you walk into a record store and you see that album sitting there, even if you're not a Black Sabbath fan, you pick it up because you're like, wow, the, this yeah. is a big-ass red devilish baby, and it just pulls you right in. Yeah, with the blue background, does something to your eyes. Yeah. And the thing is, that's another, uh, another thing. I, I I don't know if we mentioned this in the last one with the 80 and 81, but... If we were at a um, store that sold records, and around here it would most likely, at this time, it would be like, you know, a, a department store, like a Ben Franklin or a Big Wheel, something like that, right? And they're most likely not going to be carrying uh, import black metal Venom album. No. But they might have these, you know what I'm saying? So, However, Noise and Toys will carry everything. import black metal albums, yeah. just for the record. So it's like... In 82, 83, you know, you're competing with who's out at that time, Hart, fucking Pat Benatar, whatever's popping off at that time. Mm-hmm. Billy Idol. Billy Idol, yeah. yeah. Madonna's just coming into her shit. So, like I said, I just think it's insane how big metal actually was. Because I didn't live, I didn't, you know, I was born in 85, so right. I don't know. So the 80s aren't really a thing for me. Yeah. It'd be different if you were a teenager in the 80s and you could see right. how it, but I don't know. We got to see, like, the opposite end of it, though, like, where death metal became yeah. like, huge, but it yeah. never it never got, like, quite as big as metal around this time as far as, like, charting goes. Right. But I don't, I wonder if maybe because there was so many bands forming after all of this influx that maybe that had something to do with it, or charts just didn't really fuck with metal chart like i think there should be there is like a metal chart a hip-hop chart but but like recognized but like recognized or ran better and don't just keep putting the same fucking bands on it's like a house of representatives election right like you got the same fucking 50 people that have been there forever yeah (laughs) and you can only there's a pool of artists that you can pull from but you can't go beyond it yeah yeah it's really um really fucked up Another in 83, while we're talking about Sabbath and stuff, is yeah. Dio's Holy Diver, which I think was another album that was very important on, like, fantasy lyrics. Because Dio was all about, like, yeah. Dungeons and Dragons yeah. type of shit, which was, I mean, it's, it was done a little bit here and there, but, like, Dio, that record, I think, is important for a lot of that. Have Did you ever hear... Um, Ronnie explained the cover when somebody asked him, like, um, why do you have a devil chaining a, you know, chaining a priest? And he was like, well, what if that's the priest and that's the devil and switched them? Yeah. And I always thought that was like a real clever fucking response, you know? Yeah, because that could be a perspective thing. Exactly. And I, I liked how he put that back then. No, that is cool. Plus, like, if you're an interviewer... And you get flipped like that. Yeah, like you're just like, you're like uh, oh shit, I don't know what to say now. Because yep. you already have it planned out in your head how it's supposed yeah. to go. Yep. Yeah, holy diver. Yeah, Um. I would say also that came out in 83. I hate doing it. We do this with these bands, but I 
Gun to my head right now. Peace of mind's my favorite Iron Maiden record. Yeah. That came out in '83. Your favorite Iron Maiden record in general, or your favorite one that came out in '83? Because isn't that the only one that came? No, out in I meant my favorite Maiden album in overall. General. Gotcha. It is a great record. Yeah. Does, that's the one it that changes has, uh, from time to time, though. Die with your boots on yep. and stuff, right? Yep. Yeah. I love that song. And where Eagles Dare it opens up with. Yep. The Troopers on there. But actually, my favorite, I guess my favorite Maiden song right now, and which has always been Aces High, is one. It's, it's up there, you know, within like the top three. It's not even on here, you know. I always think that's funny. That's like my favorite single cover is the Aces yeah, High one, where dude. it's got Eddie in that little fighter plane. Yeah, in the World War so cool. One plane. Yeah. yeah, it's so fucking dope. Yeah, I don't know the name of the actual plane, so I wasn't gonna embarrass myself pretending like I did. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm just going to go with uh, Red Baron, only it's a maiden plane. <laughs> Man of War had another release in this year, Into Glory Ride, which follows along suit with pretty much everything I just said in the previous about him. Um, if you're into Norse mythology or... <laughs> fuck it, I was going to say dudes dressing up like Vikings, <laughs> but that sounded weird. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Dudes that dress up like Vikings yeah. and but if uh, you're, flex on you. Yeah, if you're into like that sort of fantasy thing and you're a metalhead and you don't know about Man of War or haven't listened to him, like it, it might not be your thing, but at least give it a shot just to say that you have. Definitely. And it's um, everything is reflected in everything else. So obviously having Tristan on in a totally different genre, Man of War is... In a way, influential exactly. to his genre, whether yeah. it's fucking indirectly or not. Like, yep. I just, I always, I think that's so fucking interesting. How people, oh fuck, I hate that band. Do you do realize that that's exactly what you're drawing from? You know, uh-huh. what? What? <laughs> Get all mad and shit. One thing that we didn't mention yet was the the Metal Massacre comps started I, to come out yep. around this time. Yep, I was gonna mention that actually. I just read about that few months ago in the metal blade book i only have three i don't have one or two two i believe is the one with the first appearance of metallica okay yeah three where has it Slayer. still had dave mustaine in the band it has that version of hit the lights on it i believe yep that's only found on that i think that's yeah, the and case up too. until they repopped it it was very expensive to okay. find because we had that hit two hit yeah light. because of the metallica gotcha thing. I think we had two of them here, and we sold both of them. But yeah, no, I remember that being here, and I was like, "No way, I can afford that." Not for a Metallica song. I think the one with Slayer though was like five bucks. Yeah. Now, aside from that, they were cheap. But and you, and there's like all kinds of fucking one. jams on there. Oh yeah, dude. there's tons of good shit so on there. So cool. I love that shit. Old old comps. Yeah. Uh, Grim Reaper, See You in yeah. Hell came out in '83, which I mentioned kind of earlier about the falsetto singing. Cool fucking album, though. Um, I love the band name. Like, I think early, these 80s bands had a kind of a leg up because they got to, like, sort of pick and choose yeah, whatever all the cool evil names. band name they right wanted. Now. And, like, Grim Reaper, it's a fucking awesome <laughs> band name, dude. Like, yeah, it's basic or whatever, but it's fucking cool. Yep. And, and the most they basic to, uh, names are the easiest for people they remember yeah, and say. Yeah, and they get to hold on to that title. That's yep. another band that flies under the radar in Always. the 80s, though. Oh, Which is unfortunate, but fucking check out Grim Reaper. Well, I have to mention this, even if it's for Steve. 
in a quiet riot mental health came out oh yeah i didn't put it on my list but it, yeah it is it's important a, it's a fucking big metal album man yep another that i was i don't even considering really like, putting on was steeler's self-titled album yeah Malmsteen's yeah. band but it's iffy it's, i don't know it's always the line well, it is fucking fast, and it's got heavy parts to it and whatever, and obviously it's Yngwie, so it's got some wild guitar playing on it. However, the guy's a raging oh. asshole, so. Yeah, and we got I try not, to, as far as the music goes, it's like you try to separate that, but yeah. sometimes it's hard. Yeah. Um, Exciter's Heavy Metal Maniac yeah, is another band that falls into fucking that album, fucking category dude. of forgotten 80s metal bands. Awesome fucking record. Like, I cannot say that enough. Yeah, there's a couple of, um, when I'm doing this, I never listened to um, the band Loudness before. Um, they were, they're not the Korea band, but they're a band that had like a bunch of Korean looking album covers, right? Yeah, kind of. They had like the Rising Sun and shit. The, the one that, the Red Sun. The one that um, yeah. came out, the Law of the Devil's Land. No, they are a Japanese heavy metal band. Oh, okay. Okay. That's, That's maybe right. why I never heard of them, but I was like, okay. And then um, there's another band that I thought was this band at a different time, and I kept mixing the two up. One has Japanese artwork, but is from like Canada America. or some shit. Oh, and these and are Japanese loudness guys. is the Japanese metal band. Gotcha. Okay, so yeah, that's uh, we'll put some of their shit on the uh, playlist for all y'all check out. I never got into them until. I started collecting records, and right. I would see their stuff around, and like you see a cover, and you're like, "Don't know this, check, check it, it out. out." I don't love it, but it is, uh, it fits the fucking bill for sure. Definitely, Kill 'Em All came out. That's a pretty big one in '83. Oh yeah, it is '83. Duh. I was like thinking it was '84 for some that's reason. That's probably. I mean, that's probably the biggest, the biggest of '83. Obviously, now, however, now not then. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, not then. That's what's fucking crazy is like, because there's another another band that put out a pretty fucking kick-ass album that year. See, I'm going to say... And it's not even like that great. Well, all right, let's talk Kill 'Em All for like two minutes because okay. it's been beaten to death. But I think this album, while it is obviously influential to thrash music uh -huh. and it's a groundbreaking iconic record uh -huh. blah 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 i think it is the worst sounding metallica record that has ever been made wait second worst after saint anger i'm going to say that the original pressing but the music sucks. is badass but the quality of the music it's just so it sounds like the engineer put the mids all the way up and then just didn't do anything else to it because it's just so tinny and fucking that's part of the the album itself of right. what makes it cool so i get both sides to it but when you're listening to it and you got your stereo cranked and like you got no low end on anything and you're like dude just stop fucking digging into my eardrum well the fucking 45 cut they uh that i have they fucking mixed it so you can actually it is bassy and you can hear cliff like real good which it would make me love the record. But I just when like I had a repop copy and it just sounds awful. Like, really, but I love the record. It's a great album, but it's just. No, but I agree with like my my older copy is um doesn't sound good at all. It's just so bright and tinny yeah, sounding. Bright like, there's and tinny. no, and then you get to the next is 
ride, right? Right. Yeah. That's my favorite you, fucking like album by to, them. Right. They got their. They have their fucking shit together. You get to ride, and you're like, "Holy shit!" There's all this low end came through, and you're like, "This, this is amazing." Yep. But I don't know. I mean, but Kill 'Em All had to happen, which I still think they should have kept the original title as "Metal Up Your Ass," and it yeah, would have been a been... little bit cooler. But whatever. Yeah. And kept the original cover too, with the like fucking knife going up the toilet yeah yeah that shit's cool is it a knife or is it like a fucking big drill looking thing i don't remember i thought it was a rambo knife it might be a rambo knife it is yeah you're right it is also show no mercy by the almighty slayer came out yep which i think is also on the weaker end of slayer stuff agreed however but the title track is fucking awesome I don't know. Not every band's gonna start off and put out some amazing like shit though. Like I mean it's cool to when you go back and listen to Slayer as like you hear Show yeah, No yeah, yeah. and stuff, but if I had to pick out of a lineup, that wouldn't be it. No, that no. I'm sure we'll probably do maybe a It's hard to We'll get when we get to some following upcoming years, we'll Yeah, get like when Slayer. rain and fucking yeah, seasons and all that definitely. shit comes out. Yeah. For sure. I think Merciful Fates, Melissa was probably oh yeah, duh. the best in '83. I just I pulled that out last night too and listened to that. Yeah, and I know like most people are gonna be like, yeah, fuck it, it's Metallica, but I'm gonna be the. This odd. is our opinion, yeah. motherfuckers. I'm gonna be the odd yeah. man out and go with Melissa because that's your favorite I think from '83. The artwork was fucking just demonic and awesome looking, and. The album itself, just everything about it was heavy. Fuck yeah, dude. I mean, obviously, King Diamond's got the voice that he does, but in the Merciful Fate days, he wasn't really quite belting out operatic screams like he is now. And that's kind of what, that's what kept me um, almost, like, to where I thought he was, it almost got too silly for me, yeah. even if it's not supposed to be. And that's why I really do love the fu- his vocals in merciful fate because he does he doesn't take them to that extreme but they're still like king diamond you know yeah they still have they're that, still high as fuck it's still that like signature what yeah i don't i wasn't I gonna i wasn't gonna try yeah, to sorry, I but too much. it's a certain particular type of growl that only he has like it's immediately identifiable right and he was just a great songwriter too, like writing story songs and even story albums, and just they put together great records. But if I had to choose from '83, that would be it. That would be it. Um, now, Anvil, Forged, and Fire came out in '83, yeah. also, which is another great. Those first three Anvil records, I've never really listened past. I might have heard the fourth one, but past that, I haven't really listened to them all that much. Right. But First few fucking Anvil records are all really great. And I'm pretty picky about my 80s metal because I've just been... Because there's so much of it around here. It's just been beaten to death around here. Yeah. Like, people don't stop. So, like, you get bands like Anvil and stuff like that. It's That's a rarity. Yeah. Dawkins Breaking the Chains came out in 83 as well. And, um... Yeah, it came out in the... Because it was out in the UK first. And right. Then it came out, it came in, the out in the United States. United States. Yep, that's definitely would have been one I put on there too. Another one I'll say for Steve, even though I don't even... I don't want to put this on a medal, so I'm just giving a shout-out to Steve. Twisted Sister, you can't stop rock and roll. I see. I wasn't going to put that on there. I'm not putting it on there. <laughs> I'm just giving it a shout-out. I'm not yeah. even putting anything on... 
No Twisted Sister is going on the fucking podcast playlist. No offense to you Twisted Sister fans, but that shit's been beat in my head way too much. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, Motorhead's Another Perfect Day, mm-hmm. which is another great Motorhead record that most people overlook because it was after Ace of Spades. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, there really isn't any excuse. Like, it's a solid fucking album all the way through, and there is absolutely no reason that if you're a Motorhead fan that you should have not heard this record. Right. And that's all I'm going to say about it. Uh, Satan's Trial by Fire, yep. which another never, ins- another instance it. where... Basic band name, yep. but awesome. Satan, yeah, and I never got um, got into that band. I just, I don't know, just never. I've only ever heard that record. I never heard any like dug past him or anything like that. I've just seen him on lists of early metal music and stuff. Uh, and Savage, Loose, and Lethal was another one that I wanted to add on there, simply for the speed factor. Oh, okay. I get that the vocals are not quite as metal, but. While we're leading into a predominantly thrash metal, beginning yeah. of death metal to come in these next few years, Savage was important to that. Now, I don't consider this, I'm going to mention this band because I feel that they've had a huge influence on a lot of genres, but Suicidal Tendencies self-titled record came out in 83. Yep. And um, that's, you know, that's a pretty big fucking album, man. I think that definitely had a lot, yep. especially for bass. Yeah, like when it comes to, down, when yeah. down the road, yeah, for yep. sure. And I mean, like, think As about it, like, uh, is the big song on there. What the fuck's the name of the dude from Metallica? Metallica that was in Suicidal Tendency, Robert Trujillo, yep. or what? I don't know how to say his Robert name. Robert T. Yeah, Robert T. Good call. <laughs> I should have. The went Tarantula. With that. Yeah, but I mean, that connection between Metallica and Suicidal Tendencies yep. is cool. Yeah, it's kind of it's odd, you know, like that years down the road. Yeah, uh, there was like when I was looking through, like to get on to like, like Lita Ford and Girl School and Great yeah, White yeah. and Hanoi Rocks and like that stuff. Like to me, that was more pop metal, pop metal, glam metal. Yeah. Um, like obviously you don't see Motley Crue on these lists because they were glam metal. And it's like I would. However, say... they're still metal, so it's kind of. I guess, album that I guess came honorable out mention. Yeah, honorable mention. It was Shout at the Devil. Yeah. Um, I fuck don't you're looking at a guy that fucking does not like Motley Crue. I think Tommy Lee's the most overrated drummer in like fucking history. And I'm just gonna go back to that Zimmer's Hole song again where when you were shouting at the devil, we were in the league yeah. with Satan. <laughs> yep. I mean that says it. Where they're like Exodus was fucking right. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. But I'm not a Motley Crue fan either. It's just, uh, it's one of those bands that it's like poison. Like, I just can't. It's, yeah, it's that era for me I don't really care for. And, um, which is funny because that's when metal was its biggest. Yeah. But it was also the 80s. So there was a lot of pop stuff going on too. Right. So there was like a, obviously there's going to be a combination of those two by some people like that. And I will say, like, aside from their music, from a business standpoint, Motley Crue did very well. Oh, fucking right they did. Here's another band that really did well with an album that I really don't like, but I'm going to mention it because it's. Uh, I think it's like a funny-ass song. It's Kisses, Lick It Up. That came out in 83, and, you know, they're all unmasked and looking really, really dumb. So I like Kiss, 
But I have not listened to Kiss probably in 10 years. Right. Well, if I'm going to listen to Kiss, it's got to be in the 70s, man. Yeah, for sure. It's just like I can't get really past the, all that other stuff. But it's just not a band that I listen to very often because, again, it was just beaten to death around here. And I think it's it hard would be for different me to... if we grew up in the 70s. I think that would be different. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just, I don't know, like Cradle of Filth might be. Like our kiss type of thing, maybe? I don't know. I can see that. And now it would be like, I guess it would be Ghost. would be the masked metal at the top, you know? Yeah. I don't even put them in the metal category. Yeah, I I know, but... John was here earlier. We were talking about that. and I mean, they're definitely fucking entertaining. I will give them that for sure. I don't think that they're... I've never heard them try to describe themselves as being right, metal. right. Like I don't think they're trying to come across as like the next merciful fate the, or something. It's just like their lyrical content. Yeah, they definitely have medical, med, medical, <laughs> metal lyrical content. But as far as the music itself, it's more poppy or like yeah, yeah, definitely multiple like facets of music that are put into there. Uh, 220 Volt is another band from 83 that released their self-titled record, which was just another great speed metal band. Fucking A. And I was playing this, like, actually this morning. I was messing around on my iPad doing some stuff, playing it, and loved that record. And the last one in 83 that I have that I wanted to mention was Pantera's Metal Magic. Yeah, yeah I saw that in... Uh... I figured you were going to mention it because you mentioned Pantera earlier. Well, I don't think most people know that Pantera was out like that far back. So when you think Pantera, most people like start at Cowboys from Hell. Right. And don't realize that they were, they released an, an album in 83, 84, 85, and 88. You'd be, yeah, really surprised how many people don't know that. That's what I'm saying. With how big of a band they are, you would think and that they, people they, would. Yeah. But if you go on a streaming service, you can't stream those four previous albums because they weren't on a major label. They were on, I think it was called Metal Magic so, Records or something okay. like that. It was their own label. So I didn't know that. I don't um, listen to Pantera very much. I don't much. either. I have a, a Greatest Hits CD, I believe. I, I used to play that. Before my son was born, I used to live kitty corner from a bar. You play Pantera at closing time, bar comes into your house. I just never want to hear Walk ever again. Like ever in my life, I just don't want to hear it. I'm tired of it. Now, like you got the albums in here. Yeah. Uh, the other day, and like I just flipped through them just to look at the covers and whatever, and I'm just in my head the same thing. I'm just like, man, I I have no use for these. Yeah. Now I will say like. They have songs that I love, like Cemetery Gates, I think, is an amazing song. Overplayed. It is way overplayed. Yep. Some fucking amazing song, yep. though. But I just can't listen to it anymore. I don't know, man. It's like it sucks. Yeah, I used to actually... I was never a big Pantera fan, but Cowboys from Hell was a... It's a kick-ass the, the record, album. but I just don't ever fucking want to hear it. Like, right. It's like ACDC's back I'm gonna, in the I'm gonna when I leave today on my drive home, I'm gonna try and play Pantera's Cowboys from Hell and see how it makes me feel. And I'm guaranteeing I'm not making it all the way home playing the same record. Yeah, you'll have but to, it's just crazy to, get to back to me on that. It's just crazy to think like how they started and then like when they got to their major label debut at Cowboys from Hell, like how much different 
they sounded. Yeah, it's not even the singing. It doesn't it's even, everything. It's changes. literally everything. Like those guitar tones that you hear that Dimebag was famous for, the drums that mm-hmm. Vinny was famous for. They don't exist. They're not yet. there at all. Yeah, no, it's weird. Like they're. It sounds like Bar Motley Crew almost. Like now was Rex Brown in the band then? That I, I don't know. You have to look into that. Somebody tell me that. I know Phil and his hair were in the band. <laughs> That's all I knew. But yeah. Metal Magic, Projects in the Jungle, I Am the Night, and Power Metal were the names. Oh, I forgot about Power Metal. The names of the four records. Maybe it was Power Metal, not Metal Magic. Oh, that Dave has? Yeah, I'd have to yeah. ask him. I don't know. But if you're a Pantera fan, sorry to ruin your day, but go back to those first four records. You'll probably have to YouTube them or something, but go back and listen to, even if you don't do all four, at least yeah, listen to Metal Magic. Just check it out, man. It's just, it'll blow like, you away. The album cover is terrible on its own. It looks like, it's like a cat, like in like fucking like... Uh, oh, Thundercat, dude. It looks like, like a bat, like a little kid was watching Thundercats and drew what he saw or like tried to make his own. That's what I think. It's fucking hideous, dude. I mean, are you looking at it right now? Yeah, because for some reason I thought he had like a, a metal plate on his chest, but he doesn't. No. But yeah, 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 that's a good, that's a good uh, representation that, of actually on the Thundercats. That, that's thing. the only thing I could think of when I saw it. He's got a belt on. That's it. But it's like a half human, half cat, with, with a devil tail, with a. Well, they were obviously sword. still smoking a lot of weed then. Or and, something, because that is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. But the picture of them all with hair is what... Oh, on the back? Gets me. Or yeah. is that on the... Yeah, on the I back. I think it's They're on all in the spandex back. and shit? That picture. Fuck yeah, dude. I know. That's hilarious. Teased-ass hair. Like, when you think of Pantera and you, like, look at them, like... Not, like, cowboy dudes, but, like, southern dudes yeah. that kind of have this own, like, whiskey-drinking attitude about themselves, and then you pull that out. Right, it's like yeah. they went and dressed up as poison for Halloween or something. <laughs> and, you know, and I like. guess maybe in a way that's another turnoff for me is, like, some people can be like, you know, I just want to, the music is the music, cool. But, like, if if it's not believable, I don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, after all of that, it's like, you're not a cowboy from hell. You're a cowboy from Studio fucking 54, dude. Like, right. you know? And, yeah, like, I'm the same way. But there's, like, a flip side to that. There like, is obvious, a flip side. Obviously, like, Dio, for example, singing about, like, Dungeons and Dragons shit. Yeah. He's not a knight or a dragon slayer. Right. Or, but, but he can't be. But he's not trying to, like, present himself as... As such, right. But, like, Phil, in general, is like, I'm this I'm a fucking badass, badass motherfucking yeah. skinhead, Come dude. Down like, to the swamp, man. Yeah, and he's just not... Fucking back is killing me, bro. <laughs> he's just not. He's been wearing the same camo shorts for, like, 40 years. Hey, don't knock that, dude. I'm <laughs> trying to do that. I got... I'm minor on, like, 12 years. Right on, right on. But no, he's a. I'm not. I'm just not a fan of Phil in general. No, I don't think. Um, I did like. How do you feel about the the tour, the, the reunion tour? It's not. Well, even that's Pantera. what you want to call it, right? I think it's a. I it's think a it's a shame. Grab. Yeah. And Definitely. I think it's like. I think like if Vinny and Dime were alive, they would be like, "What the fuck were you uh, yeah, thinking? Like, yeah. how could you even do, do that? that without us?" Because 
We're the I, band. I just don't get that. That'd be oh. like doing a Van Halen reunion with no Eddie and no David Lee Roth. Or, yeah, like, exactly. You'd be like, yeah, hey, we're Van Halen. No, or, you're not. Or no fucking, see, now my brain's farting. But yeah. It's like the Misfits with just Jerry. <laughs> yeah, it's not that good. And uh, <laughs> like, I've seen it. Like, it's fun, and you're like, oh, cool, that's Jerry only. But so outside you're not of that, like, that's you're not like, the Misfits. Yeah, you're right. not like, oh my God, I'm watching the Misfits no. right now. I'm watching Jerry only. I mean, I got to like talk to him and meet him, and that was cool enough to me. So that was worth the concert itself. But like, it's, it's just not the same. And oh, this definitely. Pantera thing, and the fact that it's selling out to me is just fucking bizarre because. The two most famous and notorious for the sound of the band are, are gone. gone. I know. What's the point? It, I will say this. Um, bass players never get enough respect. Rex is one of those people. I don't think Pantera could have really pulled. Like, there's, when you really listen to, like, the what's going on in the bottom end, like, he's fucking carrying Vinny in some places, I think. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. But, like, um. He's one half of the rhythm section. Right. He's the most important part of the band. but And doesn't get enough credit. However... No bass player does unless they're fucking Les Claypool or dead Jocko Pistorius yeah. or like fucking Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers or Good something. Point. I mean, how many... If you ask a random person on the street, like how many bass players outside of what I just said and Cliff Burton can you name? Not going to be very many. Right. Yeah, dude. So... But yeah, that's 82, 83 in a nutshell. I don't have any other... There's obviously like a ton of other releases in that era, but this is what... We're trying to kind of stick... And we're sticking in the metal era. Yeah, like like we said before, like it's... There's going to be some things that toy hard rock heavy metal because that was still kind of in its infancy at the time. But these next years, as we move on, you're not going to see shit like... Uh, Def Leppard hit this list or you'll still probably see like a Black Sabbath or a Dio or a Maiden appearance and shit like that but yeah you're not gonna there's a lot of Bathory and Celtic Frost yeah, it's gonna be fucking awesome shit like that to come forth so and there's probably gonna be like, more than 10 too like I'm you know what I'm oh, saying yeah, like sure. our lists are gonna get bigger I think yeah cause these I'm just going off of like this is what I enjoy from that right era. right like, right not, not what is critically acclaimed or whatever the fuck. Like, this is, this is our goddamn show, and it's our goddamn time. Oh, right. <laughs> and another thing, too, is uh, Michael Jackson's Thriller fuck came out. It's fucking huge this year. I believe it was, like, number one almost the entire year, except for, a, you know, yeah. like, I think Prince bounced in there for a minute and a couple other people. Revel Yell was huge. Okay. That might have went up. Was that a number one? Um, at one point it had to have been the, the whole album. Oh, I don't know about the whole album, but I know the that single. like Rebel Yell. The but single, either way, that's what they're. Like, Eyes that's what like shit. it's that stuff. Which between that Billy Idol is definitely the most extreme motherfucker between like Prince and Michael. Well, I was just thinking of other hits in that era since I know Rebel Yell was in eighty two, eighty three, and. I just read his book, so it's yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. like fresh right there. And I know like he was in the the early stages of like the video era. Like MTV had um, all their videos starting to come out, and like him and Pat Benatar yeah. and like that scene basically dominated MTV for like five year stretch in the eighties. Because I don't think Headbangers Ball was around yet. 
It wasn't I don't until, think Headbangers Ball came in until like 86, 87 maybe. Yeah, so it was a little ways down sure. the road. Like I said, as far as even in the 80s, I don't want to. What I remember from 85 to 90 in my brain is like just bits and pieces, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you were young. Yeah, anyways, unless you have anything else, I'm all finished. No, I just want to um, thank everybody for listening and get to 1984-85, dude. Yeah, that'll be coming soon. First, we're going to do our rendition of the new Dying Fetus here yes. coming next week, though. So definitely go stream the singles that you can already. Um, the record comes out Friday, September 1st. It is called To Make Them Beg for Death. And I've only listened to the singles so far, but I plan to get the re- play the record either tonight or tomorrow. And from what I've heard, if you're a fan of the band, you're going to be a fan of the album. That's all we have to say about that. <laughs> All right. We're out of here. All right. Peace.